Hello and welcome to the Career Speakeasy, a casual, fun, and irreverent place to share ideas about career development, the world of work, and life in general. I'm your host and proprietress, Kelly Nottingham. Growing your career should not be boring. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pick your poison. Hello, dear listeners. Today, we're going to start off on a journey of imagination. I would like for you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, and then please don't close your eyes. And imagine with me the morning of your last day of your weekend. You wake up in the morning knowing that you're going to go to work the next day. What does that bring to mind for you? Do you wake up thinking, yay, I'm excited, I get to go to my job tomorrow? Or do you have a deep, deep existential dread? Do you feel motivated or not? Do you think, is this all there is to life? Are you jealous of other people who are succeeding or trying different things in their careers, especially things that maybe take some courage and some risk? Are you happy about having to go back to work or not? Now, let's say that you go into work and your boss congratulates you on five years at your job and you realize that you didn't know you had even been at the company that long. This was only going to be a stopgap job or a stepping stone to something else, not a lifelong career. And suddenly you're realizing that you have spent the last five or more years at a job that you didn't actually intend to stay at that long. When you think about these things, do you feel lost potential? Do you feel maybe that you're just drifting without an actual direction? So today's podcast is all about job satisfaction and job dissatisfaction. Asking yourself the big question, should I stay or should I go? So are you satisfied with where you are in your job or in your career as a whole? It's easy to just say, I hate my job. This is stupid. I don't want to be here anymore. But we don't sometimes dig down into what specifically is going on that we find satisfying or dissatisfying about our current work. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some ways to identify the specifics of what you like and don't like and some things to think about if you're asking yourself that question, should I stay or should I go? So let's jump in with a question about what do you find satisfying and dissatisfying about your current work? Now, it is important to be specific. The more specific you are, the more chance you have to fix it for the better, to know what to keep and what to get rid of. I'm going to list out some things here for you to think through. Do you find these things satisfying or not? The tasks of your job, the actual day-to-day of your job. What about the industry that you work in? Do you like the industry? Do you not really like the industry? You may be satisfied or dissatisfied with the location of your job. What about money, pay, benefits? The values or the mission of the company or industry, do those mesh with your values and your mission statement for yourself? Have you even actually identified the values and mission statement for yourself? We're going to talk about that in another episode. What about decision making? Do you feel like you have the ability to make decisions? 
Do you feel that you have the resources to do the work that you're being asked to do? Or do you deal with a lack of resources and that is causing some frustration or dissatisfaction to you? What about variety in your job? Some people love variety. They love to do different things every day. They don't want things to be the same all the time. Other people want more of a routine. They want consistency in their job. So is the variety or lack of variety a source of satisfaction for you? Or does it frustrate you? What about job mobility? Maybe you want to move around within the company. That could be into a higher level of responsibility. It could be into another leadership role or a higher level leadership role. It could be laterally moving into a different department, moving into a different type of work within the same company or within the same industry. Do you find that that job mobility is there, the potential for you to move around? Is that even important to you? What about learning new skills and being able to put them into practice? Do you feel stagnant in your learning within your job? And here's a big one. The people that you work with or for, do they add to your job satisfaction or do they add to your job dissatisfaction? Now, my sister, Rachel, is brilliant. I've mentioned this before. Another one of her life quotes that I have, I have used many, many times in my own life to think about the way that work affects all of us is this. Every job has a bedpan part. Now, those of you who may be in a medical field are probably chuckling a little bit right now. So for those of you that are not familiar with what a bedpan is, it is essentially um, the container in which patients um, go to the loo. And those require changing out. And it is probably not a pleasant experience to have to do this for people. But every job has some type of aspect to it that is not going to be fun. Now, if it were all fun, nobody would pay you to do it, right? And that's One of those topics we're going to be discussing in just a moment. Your bedpan part, whatever that may be for you in your job, it can sometimes maybe be a bigger part of your job. Sometimes it's maybe not as much of a part of your job. But if you find that the bedpan part of your job is becoming bigger and bigger, it's becoming more and more a part of your day, or if your tolerance for it is going down, it might be time to look for something new. On the other hand, you may realize that your bedpan part was taking up a ton of space in your head, but actually not really in your job. And the benefits of the work outweigh the cost of having to do the bedpan part. That's good to know. Maybe you can figure out ways to lighten that bedpan part of your work. So what is the bedpan part of your job? The part that you really just do not enjoy the part that you have to do that is not really all that fun for you. How much bedpan part are you willing to tolerate in your work? There needs to be a balance of bedpan to happy work, and it's different to each person. It can be something that you don't really mind as much. It can be such a small part of your job that it doesn't really affect your overall job satisfaction. This goes to the idea of skill versus will. This was a model that was made popular by Max Landsberg in his book, The Tao of Coaching. And essentially, this model talks about two different ways of looking at work. 
the skill, the ability to do the task or the job, and the will, which is the desire to do the task or job. So this model breaks out into four quadrants. High skill, high will, high skill, low will, low skill, high will, and low skill, low will. All right, so we're going to break down each of these four to explain exactly what they mean. High skill, high will means that you have the ability to do the job well, you have the skill to do it, and you also want to do it. Your will to do the job is high. This is awesome. This is yay. This is where we want to be. High skill, high will. When we have high skill and low will, this usually means absolute and complete misery at your job. It means that you have the skills to do the work. You just don't really want to do it. As an example, I love to sew. I like to make costumes. And I am scared of clowns. So I have the ability to make costumes. But if I got a job at a circus making clown costumes, I would be able to do the job, but I would not want to do the job. So that's an example of high skill versus low will. Now, if you have high will and low skill, that can definitely be fixable. High, You have a high desire to do the work, but you do not have maybe the skill set to do the work yet. Low will and low skill, get out of this job if you can. Uh, You don't want to do the job. You are not really capable yet of doing the job. You don't have the skill set for the job. And frankly, you just don't want to do it. So that's a situation where you want to get out of that type of work. What I like about this model is that it helps to clarify for us. Just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you're going to be happy doing it. And just because you want to do it doesn't mean necessarily that you have the skill set to do it. Now, as a learning professional, I'm a strong believer in getting those skill sets built up. If it's something that you really want to do, I think that for the most part, people can learn to do it. You can figure out ways to be able to do the job if you have enough will to do it and you have enough time and enough dedication to build the skill set that you need. So another way to look at this, kind of turning this model around a little bit, is that you might be doing the right work at the right place. That's awesome. You probably don't want to leave that job. You want to stay there, continue to build your skills, and continue to work in that environment. You may have the right work, but the wrong place. So maybe you like the skills that you use. You like the type of work that you're doing, but you don't like the location. You don't like the company. You don't like the industry. Are there different places maybe you could go instead? Maybe you have the wrong work, but the right place. You work at a company that you really believe in, but the job that you're actually doing is not a job that you enjoy. Maybe it's an opportunity to look within that company or within that right industry and find a different type of work that you can do. And then, of course, lastly, we have the wrong work in the wrong place. And this is where you get to take some exciting opportunities to do some career exploration figure out what your ideal work would be and what your ideal company or industry would be. So now that we've talked through these models at a very high level, what would they look like for you? It is different for every person. Marsha Sinatar in her book, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow, says, quote, 
Work needs to fit my personality just as shoes need to fit my feet. End quote. I liked this idea. Even flip-flops aren't one size fits all. We all need to look for the unique path that is going to give us work fulfillment, that is going to really light our fire as far as our work goes. And it's going to be different. It's going to be unique from other people's paths. Everybody's tolerances for bedpan parts are different. Everybody's bedpan part is different. You may love spreadsheets while your coworker who does the exact same job as you absolutely hates spreadsheets, but loves delivering presentations. So this is all going to be unique for us. And this is why this takes a little bit of thought and some individual searching for each of us because we can't We can't necessarily expect a formula for A plus B equals C. Ta-da, you've got your perfect career uh, for that to work for everybody. So what are your options here? There may be more than this. I see seven. The first is to stay and fix it, either the situation or your mindset about the situation. Number two, you can stay and supplement your work with something outside of work, maybe a part-time job, maybe a hobby, maybe a volunteer opportunity, something that is either going to build on your skill that you don't feel like you're utilizing like you could, or something that really engages that will factor. I really want to do this, and it really gives me a sense of fulfillment to do this work. Number three, you can leave and find a new job in the same industry or field, if you like the work, but maybe you don't like the place. You can leave and start a business in the same industry or field. So again, this is the right work, but the wrong place kind of solve. You can leave and find a new industry or field completely just, I'm going to start over. I'm going to you know build a new career for myself in a different industry or field that is really going to pull me and make me want to go to work every day. Or you can leave and start a business in a new industry or field. So this, this is a big leap, starting a new entrepreneurial venture in a new industry or field. Maybe it's been something you've been passionate about for a while. Who knows? That's an option. The last option is to try to win the lottery. Uh, just so you know, I am also trying to win the lottery. So uh, you have some competition although I never win anything, so odds are probably in your favor. Okay, so those are your options. Now, you may be saying to yourself, okay, yeah, this is all well and good, but, the big but, there are two common pushbacks to this discussion. Number one, I can't afford to start a new job or career. I have a mortgage. I have rent. I have kids. I have very high-maintenance cats. I have a huge phone bill, whatever it may be. The truth is some of the decisions that we just talked about, some of the options could cause you to consider dropping down, so to speak, on the corporate ladder or on your career path as a whole. It could cause you to take a role that pays less, or you could actually start as a beginner in a whole other field or for another company or going back to school. Now, this is definitely going to impact your lifestyle. Golden handcuffs are, in in some ways, the first world problems of being in a successful or at least financially successful career. Uh, things like a nice large house, being able to take vacations on a regular basis, 
I've gotten used to making this much money or having these job perks and I am afraid to leave my job because I don't necessarily want to lose those things. Golden handcuffs can be very serious distractions from choosing work for ourselves that is going to fulfill us and utilize the skills and engage our our will in our jobs. Personally, uh, I think golden handcuffs like this, it, this whole idea of, of wealth accumulation is a, a facade. The idea of quote-unquote success that we see in culture nowadays is really a lie sold to us by companies who make money off of that image of what success is. We also absorb other people's ideas of what success is over the course of our lives, depending on what we're told as children, depending on what we see other people doing and what we see success being. And again, if you have listened to the perfectionism episode, you can know how smothering this can be to look outside of yourself to define what success is. It is important for us to identify what we think success is and what we really understand success to be based on what our own interpretation of that word is. What do you think your potential is? What do you think satisfaction means? What do you actually want out of life? What's trapping you in your current life? You may have, we talked about your house, your lifestyle, your friendships. Uh, You don't want to leave a job because you don't want to lose your friends. Uh, You don't know what's coming up next. And so there is a sense of security with the role, the job, the career that you currently have, that the thought of giving that up is terrifying. But guess what? You never know what's next. We only have to look at some of these large corporations like Enron, for example, to see that things can turn drastically just on a dime from one day to the next. Job security is gone. Your career may be completely upended. So what would a fair trade-off look like to you to do work that motivates you or makes you feel fulfilled? Uh, would it be a fair trade-off to say, I, I would rather have a smaller home and feel fulfilled. I would rather live in a different place. I would rather go back to school and deal with some of the upheaval that comes with going back to school rather than deal with these golden handcuffs that I'm, I'm worrying about all the time that I have to protect for some reason in my head. Okay, so I'm going to get a little woo-woo here. If you think about money as energy, after all, that's, that is the barter, right? You're, you are trading your time and energy for this tangible thing that we as a, as a society have said, this, this piece of paper has value, yeah? What vibe is your money giving off? Does it feel like a fair trade to you? Does it feel like a reward for sharing your minds, your skills with the world? Or does it absolutely reek of sadness and misery and I just hate going to work every day, but at least I get this money? Are the things that you're able to buy with your money worth that trade-off for you? This is a big question. This is a big question. And this goes to a lot of those questions about what we understand money to mean. And this leads to the second big pushback or discussion, 
that comes up when we start having these conversations about job fulfillment versus staying in a job that maybe doesn't fulfill you, but at least it pays the bills. This one is a doozy. Do you deserve to enjoy yourself at work? What messages about work did your upbringing say? Should work be hard? Was there an idea that has embedded itself in your mind that there is something valiant or noble about struggling to make a living? Have you been told repeatedly uh, about starving artists? So that fear of doing what your passion is telling you to do will lead you to not having any kind of financial security. Can work be fun? Or is there something just not quite acceptable about work being enjoyable? Now, in the U.S. especially, our current economy and way of thinking about work is largely built on what's called the Protestant work ethic. This dates way back hundreds of years to specifically Calvinism, which is a form of Protestant Christianity. And essentially, what the Protestant work ethic says is that hard work and struggle plus thriftiness plus efficiency are signs of faith. And deep in this idea is the concept that if work is not hard, if it's not a struggle, then it is somehow ethically wrong or sinful or predatory on the backs of others. Now, a lot of us were raised with this concept that you have to work hard and you have to be thrifty, and those are tenets of being a good person. Now, even if you don't believe in these religious tenets, Many of us have absorbed this message because this concept has extended far beyond just the Protestant Christian churches that support this type of theology. Work should be hard. We have this concept, I will say, especially in the United States. For those of my listeners who are outside of the U.S., I would love to hear from you. If you also see this work ethic showing up in your cultures and where that might come from. That's a fascinating topic. So please share with me if you have different views on this or you have a similar experience, but you were raised in a different culture. If you're hearing thoughts in your head as we talk about this, that work should be hard, if it's not hard, it's not work. How does that affect the way you approach your career? Have you sacrificed something that you maybe had a higher will to do and even maybe a higher skill to do Because work isn't supposed to be fun. Work is not supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be something that you do for the majority of your life and then you finally retire. Are these statements even true? Or is this a facade that we have built as a culture to keep people working, to keep people doing jobs that aren't fun? Is this something that we have told ourselves over and over again subconsciously to the point that we believe that it's true? Now, I am not going to get into a lot about generational differences, not in this podcast, but I will just throw out there that I am a prototypical Gen Xer. I am cynical and I don't trust authority, generally speaking, self-sufficient and used to kind of having to do things on our own. That's, That's Gen X. We were the original latchkey kids, right? One thing that I am grateful for at this point in time is seeing that the younger generations behind my generation, so the millennial generation 
and the Gen Zers that are coming into the workforce now seem to really be pushing vocally to move away from this concept of work should be hard. And I'm very happy about this. My generation, Gen X, is very small. And so we have basically, from a very early age, just given up on trying to change a lot of things because we just didn't have enough of a voice to be able to change stuff as easily. So people are now looking for more of a balance between work and non-work life. We're looking at the world of work and saying, why should our work suck the life out of us every day? I, I don't want to work in that kind of environment. I don't want to work until I'm 70 something and then finally retire and finally be able to go on vacation or enjoy my life then. We are getting to a point now in our society where we want to be able to enjoy our lives as we go and not postpone it until we are done working because there is something somehow incompatible with enjoying life and working at the same time. So these are some deep thoughts, deep thoughts for us to go through today. And that brings us to last call. I'd like for you to identify what specifically you like and don't like about your current work. What are the bedpan parts of your job? Is your satisfaction or dissatisfaction with your work based on your skill or your will or maybe both? What is the mythology that you have built for yourself about what work means? Is it supposed to be hard? Does hard work somehow make you a better person? Does not enjoying your work make you a better person somehow? Think about giving your retirement speech. What would you want to be able to say about your lifetime of work, the body of work that you have put together over the course of your life? What would you want someone else to say about your work contributions at your retirement party? Take some time. Think through, catch those messages in the back of your mind, those stories that you tell yourself about work. When you look at the work that other people do, do you catch yourself thinking, yeah, but that's not really working in the same way that you really work? If you have questions, if you have comments, I would love to hear from you. Please email me and let me know your thoughts on this. Anything I missed as far as options for dealing with these kinds of questions. Good luck. Have fun digging through some of these long-held subconscious thoughts about what work really means. So the big question then remains, should you stay or should you go? Bye, everybody. Well, thanks for joining me. If you have suggestions, feedback, or just something random you want to share, email me at careerspeakeasy at gmail.com and come visit again soon. Cheers. Cheers.